When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, Shannon and Brian are back. How long has it been? Two years, maybe three years, four years since we've podcast on Screen Thoughts? It's been a while. I don't even yeah. remember how long. I, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it was Homeland was might have been the last thing. Which that is we... so funny because the it, it we're, we were doing the diplomat together. I was in, I was chatting with Shannon yesterday and you guys just finished it. I finished it. We're both madly in love with it, or so I'm guessing. So yeah. So I'm like, okay, we need to do it. And isn't it funny because she's the writer on Homeland too. Right. Yeah. So at any rate, um, we're going to talk about The Diplomat today, which dropped on last week, starring Carrie Russell, Deborah Kahn. Carrie Russell's the executive producer on it too. Yeah. And Deborah Kahn also was an executive producer and writer on Homeland. And she was a writer on on Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing. So, and you can see, you can see the walk and talk, you can see the dialogue, you can see all those things, but it's funny, everybody's comparing it and saying it's today's, today's um, West Wing, but I just want to start before we get into it all, anyone who listens to this or watches me knows that I think Aaron Sorkin is one of the great writers of our time. Um, in fact, if I, you know, quote the wonderful Meryl Streep, no, no, that's not a question. <laughs> However. <laughs> However, Aaron Sorkin, I've realized in the last year as I started to, t- to study his character development, every woman in an Aaron Sorkin series starts out being a buffoon. C.J. Craig, she's on a a um, a you know on a machine in an exercise room trying to impress the guy next to her and falls down like a buffoon. When she goes to get hired, she falls into the swimming pool. You know, uh, Donna started out being a college dropout. In other words, every woman begins being an idiot and then they grow into the role. But, and then on Homeland, if you look at Carrie Matheson in Homeland, you know, she was crazy. That's the only way she was palatable in a the one of the first series that was ever done where a female character becomes the brains of CIA brains you know, they had to make her a little crazy, which always irritated the hell out of me. And what I love about the beginning of this is Carrie Russell is many things, but she's not an idiot. She's strong right off the bat. Yeah. And she's not crazy. And she's not like she's she has insecurities and stuff. She's human, but she is absolutely not. I mean, she's smart and sharp and someone that all women and girls could look up to. Now, just for a little background, if you haven't watched it, we're highly everybody's recommending it's talk of the town and we're going to get this out to, you know right away because everybody's talking about it now the premise is that our protagonist carrie russell was working and undercover in the middle east love you know very happy to be there and all of a sudden she's pulled out because she's a possible vice presidential candidate they're going to have to replace the vice president who's going to have to step down for vice president reasons that are pretty much everywhere in, in dc and um, 
So they put her in, in England to be the ambassador to see if she can cut it with her husband, who was an ambassador, but then fell from grace because he seems to be somebody who's a little bit outside the box. Okay, so they're trying her out. And then all of a sudden, all of this intrigue is happening behind the scenes in England. And Carrie has to rise to it or her husband's there. And here's the thing. It's done with incredible intensity, passion, but a little humor and incredible dialogue. What say you guys? What do you think? Well, I loved it. And I agree with all of what you just said. There, the the dialogue is excellent. It's funny, Brian and I were watching when we first started watching it, we kept pausing it to tell each other how much we already loved it. We're like five, 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, <laughs> exactly. pausing it. Because one of the things that it does and I think is a sign of a really well done show is it lets you, it trusts the audience to be smart enough to figure things out along the way. And it doesn't try and catch you up to every single character's background and what's going on within the first two minutes. And you don't it need lets it. things you don't unfold. Need it. Yeah. It's brilliantly written. It's got a really fast pace. Um, you know, there are definitely things about it that are outside of reality, but it's entertaining. Like it's not supposed to be, if we wanted just reality, we could just turn it, turn on the news. So, um, it was really, I really loved it. What about you, Brian? What, what do you have to add to that? So, you know, I, I, thank you for sending the, um, podcast earlier, the one that had the writer on it. Con, what's her name again? I'm sorry. Deborah Con. Deborah Con. And, you know, she, it's funny because I was thinking this anyway when, when I was watching it, but it really, it is, it has elements of Homeland, but not the, not the gritty, you know, really scary parts, but it's got the movement and, and it's got the essence of it. So that kind of sucks you in because it's the, like you said, behind the scenes that you don't necessarily get in real life. And it kind of, you, there's a lot of what ifs happening. Well, Hey, Homeland did not, I don't remember a humorous moment in all the seasons that we That's all- That's true. Yeah. This, right. This is this is definitely a lighter version of Homeland. And unfortunately, I never watched West Wing, but Shanetta has told me enough about it that I can get the feel from it. But- You're um, excused. You're not allowed. No, you have to leave right now. <laughs> well, West Wing, the, the difference, it has, you definitely get a feel of West Wing, but West Wing is a little too pat and like the, the banter's too- too, I don't know, too convenient that they have always the best barb to come back where this was a little, felt a little more authentic. Well, we, right. we all listened to Deborah Kahn on an interview. And one of the things she said that I think Brian is, you know, brilliantly referring to, and that is, she said when she was, she has always wanted to do something. She believes that we as Americans are not really recognizing the enormity of how um, our stature in the global sense has fallen because we don't keep our word. We make alliances, we ignore them. In other words, that the last few administrate, it just has not gone well. And she's always wanted to show how that perception is perceived overseas. So enter Homeland. And she said one of the major input pieces she got from Homeland was that people said, I can't, I have to take a break every now and then. It's just too intense. It's too much. There's no relief if, and I, I'm going to use the word unrelenting. And so I think what she did was she said, look, I think I can write something that doesn't have the unrelentingness of Homeland, but it also has the enormity of how we're perceived over there. And that's one of the things that 
I mean, as much as you sort of feel awful, you can see how other people would view this country and our inability to see how our actions affect others, you know? Yeah. Right. And I, and I think also the, what I like about this show is that it doesn't take itself too seriously and you kind of have to stretch your imagination. You know that, is it possible these things happen? Sure. But let's not kid ourselves. Let's let's be grateful that these things don't happen. But then again, we didn't think Trump was going to happen. So as far well, as we didn't, a lot of people did, but right. you and I but did. As, right. right. But as far fetched as this show can be, it still touches upon it could be possible and this and let's let's go with that so i thought it's really well well done in that way but well, you it's know funny what, because she said one of the things she was concerned about is people said there's no way somebody from the middle east would have been pulled out of the field and stuck into an ambassadorship position and then it would take like four years she said well I the think, foreign right? service right. people who are career forest yeah. foreign service um operatives are not people who would have those cushy ambassador roles in countries where it's normally the biggest donors or or you know, who raise the most money but they did a good job of sort of explaining that away which i thought was good well um, also he was yeah. an ambassador i thought yeah. having him be an ambassador sort of gave that entree for that as well but they made it clear that neither one of them were big money people in fact it was the hal character her husband who explained that um, that there are two, you know, two, the, one of the people working in the, in the British, um, you know, in uh, the, Hal, Hal Weilers, who you're referring to, and he's yeah. Rufus Sewell. He's great. Um, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, Rufus yeah. Sewell Rufus plays, Sewell Hal plays Hal Can we, yeah. can we talk about him for a second? Because I was he just going to say, we've got to introduce yeah. him though. He, Where you've seen him? Yeah, I've seen him in a number of things. I love him because he, okay, a lot the of times holiday, play, he was the bad guy. He, he always, he almost always plays a bad guy. Man in the, the high bad, castle. Yes. And he's always a bad guy that there's just something about him that you just, you love. And, and, um, I'm drawn into him, by the way, if he yeah. said to me, meet me upstairs, I'd be like, what time? But he, <laughs> he really, the, they're so perfectly suited together. First of all, the two actors, Kara Russell and, and um, Rufus Sewell, they have such a great on-screen chemistry, but they balance each other out. It's just, and he he really he really helps that pull those those, those storylines along because he's able to throw in the humor, throw in throw in the you know stirring shit up kind of moments kind of has that twinkle his, his that evil twinkle in his eye but yet you can't stop loving him because that's the actor he's always like that and he's perfectly suited for this role well you know last time carrie russell is in my mind best known for the americans which i thought was an amazing series and her husband in the americans was matthew reese who also she, wonderful who she ended up marrying so she's good with online she's good with yeah. chemistry on it you know yeah. Yeah, yes. um, but he's wonderful. And yeah. also, I was like, where have I seen him? And then I noticed that he was the bad guy in The Holiday. And the thing about him is, whatever role he's going to play, you're not going to see him in past roles. Whereas sometimes with Carrie, I did see her in The Americans on the screen. Well, those characters, I mean, while they're different, they're still sort of badass women. So that you you could kind of see a little bit of that. Um, that's no, she's a yeah. dancer, and that's why I can't take. Yeah, she's a ballet off. dancer. That that yeah, I just found out. I can't take out. my that's eyes a... off her when she's on the yeah. screen. Don't you yeah. think? She, yeah, she's totally. wonderful. And you're going to make me lose, leave the room again. I did not see the Americans. 
Okay, well, know. You know, your chances tonight, like go I know. I'm, I've I'm seen batting, it. I'm I'm not batting a thousand as the next seventy two hours are all about the American. You can watch just the last. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the last um, series, last season, yeah, yeah. It was I thought, and I think the last episode was one of the best best last episodes I've ever seen, as well as Homeland. So again, yeah. it's so funny because here's this woman who's written these amazing roles, but the, it's not just her, like. Now, um, Brian was, is, and sometimes mostly was an actor. He's got other things he's working on now, but here's the other thing. These secondary characters, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Nana Mesha who plays Billy and David Naisadi who plays the foreign minister and, um, and Ali Ahn who plays Idra Graham who is also mesmerizing. Every single actor yes. is delivering these lines with such a brilliance and a nuance the the repartee between Alian and her lover, I think, is some of the best funniest stuff. It, it made me laugh out loud. If you so, don't yeah. have a good supporting cast, you're going to fall flat on the scenes that don't involve your involve your main characters. So it is so important. And yes, they're 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 all mesmerizing. They're just so wonderful and believable. And you just want to you just want more and more when you see them on screen. I know we were really disappointed when it was over. We can't wait for season two. <laughs> well, and it sounds like when it's I not told, a sure thing, but I'm sure. When I told be. you I hadn't finished it last night, it was not because I, I it was because I just didn't want to. didn't it. want to. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, when you said you would do this, I'm like, okay. And then I went in and I thought I had three more episodes and I only had one and I was devastated. Yeah. The ending, by the way, we won't spoil it, but I, you know, what are we back in where, you know, who shot JR? Like, did you really have to do an ending that big that's right. going to leave us, you know? Well, I think they probably did that to help um, make sure they get renewed. <laughs> well, they were renewed, by the way, before it was even launched. So, well, I read a few things and there it, it's not guaranteed, but yeah, I'm sure. Let's just it say it is. <clears throat> well, I think I think they're waiting for Carrie to sign the contract. However, you know, she she wants to do it and she signed on for this because she loved the role and she went on as a, you know, as an EP, which is, you know, very unusual for her. Yeah. That woman is very, very talented, very talented. So I think she's amazing. Okay. Now yeah. the other thing is we both all, we all, I asked you guys, if you had seen the night agent, which a lot of the reviewers are comparing this to the night agent. If you didn't see that, I think I recommend seeing it, but it's nowhere near in the caliber. No, I mean, no, it's but more, you know what this more action packed and more spy like, but still a wonderful show. We love it. Well, they said really that they were, trying, they were trying to do it this way because they, they tried to make it sort of funny. She's not really an agent and then she's stuck as being an agent. So there's right. a little humor there. And they said where the night agent misses, this nails it. So that yeah. it really shows, not that it's not a good show, The Night Agent. Would you recommend The Night Agent as well? Absolutely. I mean, if you did, I would sort of not as, I wouldn't say must see. I'd say if if it's on, watch it. But I, I think if you, it's yeah. more, I think it's more about the entertainment and action um, and it moves, but I would But you know, it. the one, the one of the shows that this reminded me of is Berlin Station. Did you ever see that? No. Do I need to? Yes. You should watch it. It's excellent. But, but you need reason... to watch it. You need to watch it in German and, and with subtitles. Do not do not try. Yeah, don't to... listen to it dubbed. But oh, wait, um... we're talking we're talking about oh Berlin Station. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of um Oh Babylon Berlin. Babylon Berlin, no. which is also Berlin a Station. Show. Yeah, Completely Berlin different. Station, I think, is in English. But there's yes. also they speak German sometimes because but it's, it's, they're it's, in yes, Berlin. That's, it's in English. I'm sorry. 
but it's so it is excellent but it reminds me it reminds me of some of the stuff you were talking about earlier where it comes to sort of the bigger picture of how a an ambassador um and also the CIA people you know the the people who are heading up the station in, in the CIA have to deal with the politics of whoever's in power even if their career um foreign service people or career you know, CIA or any kind of government employee that's going to go from administration to administration, they they still are reliant upon the powers that be back home calling the ultimately making the decisions. And I think there was a lot of that Berlin Station had a ton of that, but there was a lot of that in this. And it goes back to what you were talking about originally, where, you know, looking at how the impact the United States has on the world, I think it also commented quite a bit on the worldview of um, the United Kingdom and how that's been diminished now that they left Brexit, right? There was a lot of of poking fun at the Brits for not having the status they once had and the influence they once had within the EU because they are no longer part of the European Union. And in fact, the Financial Times panned this. And it, I'm sure it's because they're a British publication and they didn't really like how they were being portrayed. Well, by the way, the, Brit, the Brits are very big at panning anything outside what they want it to be. You know, so yeah. I get, yeah, I get that. But the other thing is, I think it's smart to have it take place in England because the relationship between America and England is so rich and has gone on for so long. And it shows now how easy it is to break it down because there's now there's distrust. And... <clears throat> There's certainly distrust in real life between England and America. Now they asked Deborah on this, uh, you know, on this interview that we saw. They asked her, "Well, you know, what what about that relationship?" And one of the things is she said, "I didn't want to use real names. She didn't use the name Biden or whatever. She didn't want to do that because she wanted to have the freedom." to not have to stay within the parameters of those particular characters. So, but it's obvious who we're talking about, et cetera. But I think her goal of trying to show Americans how we might be perceived in an arena that we just don't understand, I think is brilliantly done. And I think one of the reasons to watch it with your family, if they're high school and up, is to show them that this whole thing about America is the greatest country in the history of the world ever is just not necessarily the way we're perceived elsewhere. And there's such distrust that's been built up over these last years that it's it has a lot of repair work to do and we're still doing it. Yeah, well, well I, and even well, that... the storyline shows that a little bit because in, the Americans kept convincing the Brits, all right, this is the plan now. And then they changed their minds. I mean, they meaning as a group because it just, the situation on the ground changed or they couldn't get the president's buy-in or the secretary of state's buy-in. And so it shows a lot of that. Like even when you have what seems to be a, a reasonable strategic leader, the US is always gonna keep their own goals in mind versus, and the UK is gonna keep their goals in mind and the French are gonna keep their goals in mind, You know, even if they have to um, compromise to reach consensus with their allies. Well, what I thought was was interesting um, about trying to trying to write when history is being made as we speak and trying to write something and trying to make it current is how she wrote in this a woman becoming ambassador to the UK and she was told there'll never be a woman. And lo and behold, 
just mm-hmm. before this, you know, happened. Was it last year? There's a woman ambassador to the UK. So yeah, as she said she was so relieved. This, yeah. Right. So it just shows you that times change and good for her to be with that t- changing of times and writing this stuff and being current even before she even knew she was being current. I agree and, totally. And including Ukraine. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to yeah. say Ukraine. She added in that how could she leave Ukraine out? Because Ukraine has totally changed the trajectory of all these relationships. We have to come back to combining and being a group together. So it's really, really good. Now, also, a lot of people are comparing it to Homeland, um, the diplomat, uh, West Wing, and Grey's Anatomy, because Deborah also wrote right. for Grey's. And I think the female characters' dialogue between each other is very grace. Yeah, I would also say their dialogue and their connection and relationship. Like even um, um, Idra Graham, who is um, the head of CIA for the station in in the UK. I think think she's amazing. She's fantastic. But her relationship with the ambassador and how initially she was, you know, a little bristly towards her, you know, or skeptical, and then clearly has, you know, such respect for her, their relationship, I love. And I think that's something you see um, in Grey's for sure. The women are supportive of each other. and Elevating each other yeah, to their exactly. highest level, sometimes at their own personal expense. A couple of times, um, Ms. Graham takes chances that put her a little bit on the edge of what she should be doing because she knows that Carrie Russell needs it. It's, it's, you know, the relationships between the women in there are amazing. And they're the way women's relationships should be in business and in government and everything else. I loved well, it. You know, it's also wonderful um, back on the, the the writing aspect of it. In fact, this is the first time Jeanette, I can't remember exactly what happened, but the first time Jeanette stopped it and paused it was, was very beginning. They, they kind of touched, they talked about something, but then quickly moved on and you didn't know what they were talking about, but it didn't matter because we knew we were going to find about it later. But, but like when they, when they brought up the fact that um, the, um, the, um, um, her right-hand person, um, her, her chief sec- of staff, chief of staff. Yes. Before, just when she's getting the job and she's, and he's talking to the president's chief of staff and she's like, and and she says to him, are you still dating? What, you know, are you still dating that woman? And he said, yeah. Why does that matter? Kind of thing. We don't know who, who she's talking about. We, we don't even know why that's an issue, but clearly it's an issue and then we find out later who she is, like much later. It's like, oh, now it makes sense. But they didn't they didn't feed that to us and have that information because then it's just like, here you go. You're going to have this. Now you're going to have this. Now you're going to have this. They just touched upon it so that it's in the back of our minds. And then when it happens, you're like, ah, now I understand why that was brought up, you know, in the first episode, as opposed to us knowing in the second episode who she who she is. So that I, I love writing like that, that you don't know everything right up front. I, I couldn't agree more. And also we don't need to. And right. what one of the things I think you mentioned at the beginning is they trust the viewer. You know, one yeah. of you know, I'm actually I've got a book of fiction coming out which actually has some thriller politics, Middle Eastern stuff going on. And Shanette happens to have been a beta reader. And she said, you know, you need to trust the re- reader to figure out this for themselves. I don't, you don't need to hammer it home, which I tend to do in life. So it's understandable. Well, it's also, what kind of audience do you want? Do you want an audience that you have to force feed and, and that you have to dumb down your writing? Or do you want to be a creative writer exactly. so that and trust that the your intelligent audience is going to go along with, with you on that ride? 
That's what well, I think you would want. What we're going to see from Deborah Kahn moving forward is, you know, she wrote for Homeland. She wrote for the for um, the West Wing. She wrote for Grey's Anatomy. Now she's going to be able to write whatever she wants for whatever she wants. She's going to be able to drive that bus, which is yet another woman coming into a role that will be able to chart the course for women in series and movies, et cetera. So I'm all in. But I wanted to bring up one other thing. And I know you guys saw this series, The House of Cards. Mm -hmm. And I think when I, when I was thinking about The House of Cards last night, I was thinking about how the House of Cards could have been this brilliant. It was, I liked it very much, at least the first few seasons, right? We didn't, we actually only watched the first few seasons. We still yeah, stopped which watching. Were very, very good. But the House of Cards missed the boat on actually, they went too far with the um, death. And, you know, I mean, they went just, they went over the edge. And in going over the edge, because they had some humor, they, but, they sort of smacked you with the humor in the way you're talking about. Let me tell you, this is funny and this is why. Whenever he would go over the fourth, you know, the fourth, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> whatever that's called. Broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, you you know, he sort of, again, made the mistake of needing to tell us when to think this was funny or off or whatever. I think, though, the House of Cards had the potential to be domestically the same kind of a show with this kind of brilliance, this kind of importance. I think the show could be important. It's important historically. It's important to understand how we're perceived in the world. I think it's pretty cool that way. So um, what say you about that? Anything? I would agree with that. I think what's nice is it shows that everything's not black and white, that there's nuance, that there are, there's, sometimes it's the best decision out of a bunch of bad options. Um, and so, but that for the most part, people have the best of intentions. I, I mean, I feel like that's what's come out of this so far. Um, there's not, there's not well, a whole lot people. of evil, like even the people, well, even like the prime minister, um, who seems like a loose cannon, you realize he's been, you know, they, he's been laughed at for however long he's been in office and been thought of as having no backbone. I mean, granted things may for the next season may take a bigger turn and you may see there's actual evil there, but it seems like it comes from a place of, you know, insecurity and be, wanting to be successful and not knowing how to get there. Well, the other thing is they don't hit you with any corruption till toward the end. And again, we can't do spoilers here, so we won't, but um, I think there's going to be a whole nother layer that comes out in season two. The other good news is because I was like, gosh, darn it. Like, am I really going to have to wait another year to find out what happened after this, you know, this incredible ending? And my, the answer is they, they didn't bring Carrie until December and it launched in April. So they can do it faster. So I'm oh, hoping, yeah, I'm hoping maybe they'll have a fall or late, you know, late year, uh, second season. I hate that we have to wait a year. So, you know, then you have to sort of watch the last two episodes again. It's just not, doesn't flow. But I love that Netflix dropped the entire thing at once. And I wish people, you know, there's so many things that are coming out on Apple and other things like don't drop it once a week. That's not what I'm looking for. We know? always wait. We wait till it's right. done and then we watch yeah. it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So if we can, touching back on what you're, you know, comparing the shows, um, House of Cards and and Diplomat. Um, I'm I'm going to throw in a um, a term in here that I think I'm making up: realistic danger. And I think that's the thing that 
I think people like to see because there, you know, there are TV shows or movies out there that the danger is so much it's almost unrealistic, like people being blown apart and people House or people being, Yeah, it became that it was not realistic anymore. But this show, and I feel that Homeland has realistic danger. Like it's fathomable. It's believable. You could see these things happening. It's scary, but scary in a realistic way that you could see it possibly happening. There are so many times you're watching a show. It's like, okay, that's just that's just a bit much. And then you kind of, they kind of lose you a little bit. So I I I'm gonna I think I'm gonna invent a new term and maybe someone else will use it. But realistic danger, and I, like I think it. that's gonna grab me every time because then I'm like, okay, I believe this could happen. I'm glad it's not something that's happening, but I believe it. It's realistic to me. Well, you know. I, I, you know, I think I think we're about ready to wrap up unless you guys have a final moment. But I love ending with realistic danger because again, there's so many elements of of on this. In, it's intelligent, it's humorous, it's quick paced, it's got realistic danger, which you know keeps your adrenaline. I mean, how many assets do we have to give it before we say this is one of the top shows of the year? I would say. Yeah. I would agree. And I would I would use Brian's term of realistic danger to to not just be about the the political elements and the actual storyline of what they're trying to 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 manage with this with that part of the storyline, but also the interpersonal relationships, the relationships between, yeah, between Carrie Russell, you know, the ambassador and her husband, and with she and the foreign secretary, and then he and the different staff members with one another. I mean, all of that I think is really fast. And even the the woman, the reporter um slash advisor who interacts with some of them um you know that's you know, all we didn't talk about danger. that it's it would be remiss not to there, there there's problems in the marriages but to me talk about realistic you know i those problems made sense to me you know it wasn't that she didn't care about him she just couldn't make it work with him you know she couldn't be her best self with him which i do understand you know um, relationships are not easy and to not be able to be your best self in a relationship is really it's untenable you can't I, I kind of I kind of thought of them as like the Clintons where they have such a great relationship you know he's being he's such a jackass he's kind of screwed up their relationship because he's a womanizer and all this but you know that there's this love he's between not a womanizer them. Clinton Oh, Clinton. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm. I'm just oh, you're talking about I, Hillary and Bill I'm now. About, yes, okay. I'm talking about the Clintons and how they are, but yeah. yet they're still together because there is a love bond between them. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of how I feel with with Hal and um, what's the character's name again? Kate. Kate. Hal and Kate. They have they have this chemistry together. They have this love that. And you such know, respect for their intelligence and stra yeah. strategic thinking and all of that. Right. He's I, brilliant I, at really what he well does. Put. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But the other thing is the problems in their relationship were also a little bit unusual, which I haven't seen. You know, you, you see a lot of problems in marriages on television and in series. But the problem in their marriage was she couldn't be her calm, best self with him. It wasn't that she wasn't attracted to him or she thought he was an idiot or whatever. She just knew that his way of getting what he was going after made her not okay. And, well, so and ultimately, she was in his shadow. And ultimately she doesn't trust him. 
right? I mean, that's the biggest, I think, kink in their relationship. But it's a that... different kind of non-trust than Hillary with Bill. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, no, absolutely. it's not that kind of trust. She doesn't trust, right. She doesn't trust him that he isn't going to go off, you know, go rogue and do something that's going to hurt her career or hurt, you know, basically. Well, but it would, well, it would. Though. It does. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but here's the thing, but we haven't seen that in much. I haven't seen it much. I've seen non-trusting where the guy's going to fool around or the girl's right. going to fool around, but I haven't seen where I don't trust you to behave in a way that I am not totally blown up by whatever it is right. you feel the need to do, which by the way, is sometimes a good thing. Like, right. it's not like he's acting out of bad faith or whatever, you know? And the other thing I liked about it, which I should have mentioned, I'm so glad you brought this up before we ended, is he's got an ego and he lays it on the line for us. He says, you know, I don't, I don't want to carry your purse, you know, like, what am I supposed to do, you know, and by the way, how many women have felt that way in our lives, you know, and so he's bringing up issues that I think are actually in our lives but, in a way that is yeah, I think and true. It's, and, a, it's something you're absolutely right, that it's not something we see typically in portrayed yeah. on the screen, but it is something that is in real life all the time. I mean, I, I know a number of very successful confident, you know, from a career-wise, hugely successful women who their marriages couldn't handle that because yeah. they their husbands weren't as successful and that that was one of the things that no, it's it. true, but it but it's done so well. So even if you've seen it in something else, it's just done in this realistic but almost gentle way. I don't know how yeah. to describe it. You know, where but they're this is, by it, you know? Right. But this is what brings me back to the Clintons is because if if Hillary had become president, I could see this is how Bill would have been. It's like, I want you to, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be the first husband, you know, I'm going to be the first gentleman, oh, however yeah, you want, yeah, you know, I, and it's going to, but it would have been hard for him, but he wanted it for her. He really wanted yeah, but he it. Still would have been putting his hand up also, to give speeches. Exactly. You know but that's what's happening in the show, right? It's like, he wants it so badly for her to succeed, but yet he has a hard time keeping his mouth shut. And that's look Bill at what Clinton. Bill did to Hillary in the campaign a month before right. the end of the campaign. He gets on an airplane with the friggin' who was it? Right. That, you know, totally inappropriately and blew right. it. The attorney general. Yeah. She but went down in ten, oh, something about six points or something. Right. He couldn't help himself. Right, because he, he thought to he was helping. Himself. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He was helping too much. No, you're and right. That's how, you're right. And that's how I feel Hal is. He wants this so badly for her but he can't help himself. Right. He just has to do, but it'd be interesting to ask, um, to ask if we, if we asked Deborah, if she had the Clintons in mind when she right. has him, you know, cause, cause Bill Clinton heard her campaign a number of times during it, but right. Um, all right. Any final, any final thoughts on you? I'm so grateful you guys came in to talk about this because, you know, there's nothing better than when we're all passionate, you know, intelligent, observers of watching a series like this and to be able to recommend it to the people who watch and listen to screen thoughts it's such a great opportunity and you have to come back more often you guys this is so much fun this Thank is you. fun this is okay. fun and go right. out and see it everyone yes let yeah. us know you don't have to go out and see you can watch it in your home and let oh, us right. know don't what go you anywhere. think don't leave you the know? comfort of your homes. Just see it. <laughs> right. Um, all right. And then also uh, let us know what you thought. We're looking forward to being able to yeah. hear it. 